Before we start today's podcast, the Truth About Aging wish to acknowledge that this episode has been recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people. We pay our deepest respects to Elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge the Ghana people as the custodians of the Adelaide region and that their cultural and heritage beliefs are still as important to the living Ghana people today. everyone and welcome to the Truth About Aging podcast. I'm your host, Kate Helmore. Each week we'll be unpacking your questions about the aged care sector, discussing how to age well, grow old and make informed decisions. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Truth About Aging podcast. Today's episode is all about finding a bed in a residential care facility, either for respite or potentially even for permanent admission. So I wanted to jump back a step to start with and just give a little bit of the history or background on what residential aged care is. So residential aged care, which is sometimes also called residential care homes or just residential care, Essentially, it is the amalgamation of what used to be hostels and nursing homes. So they are still sometimes referred to as nursing homes, but technically residential care is a bit different to that. Essentially, hostels used to be for low care residents who really just needed a bit more maybe social support or basic assistance. And nursing homes were a much more highly clinical setting and much more like a hospital, I would say. So back in 1997, they amalgamated both of those into what's now known as residential care. So residential aged care facilities often have a variety of different clients living there with varying abilities or disabilities. There is what's called aging in place within any residential aged care facilities, which essentially means that once somebody moves in there, they have the right to that room and for them to age in that space for as long as they need to. So what used to happen when there were hostels and nursing homes is someone would become too high care for hostel and then they would get moved to a different place and then often live out the rest of their life in the nursing home facility. Versus under the residential aged care model, it's much more around creating that home environment for somebody to move into and adjusting the care and services around them in that room rather than making them relocate any time their needs change. So in 2018, there were around 2,695 residential care facilities in Australia. And essentially what that means, around that same time, it was about 7% of uh, elderly consumers that were accessing residential aged care services. So it really is, for most people, kind of the last stepping stone in care options. I should say for most people that want to stay at home for as long as they can. There are certainly situations where for some people, they may be socially isolated at home. They may have other friends that are living within a facility and choose to move in there. There's many reasons why you might choose to move into a residential aged care facility aside from physically needing the help. So it's certainly 
Not everyone's first choice, but for some people, they actually choose to move in there sooner because they want that extra social support and community around them, I guess. I also just wanted to explain at the top the difference between respite and permanent care. So every Australian that has approval for respite or residential care can access 63 days subsidised respite within an aged care facility per financial year. That can also be extended for 21 days at a time with a kind of special extension, but as a general rule, 63 days per financial year. So respite is essentially a, I guess, non-permanent admission into a residential care facility. So often it's used for people that might be, say, coming out of hospital and needing a bit of additional support before returning home. It might be used for individuals living with dementia where they're booked in regularly for some respite stay so their partner at home can have a bit of a break from that caring role. There's a number of different reasons why people might use their respite allocation, but also it can be a really good opportunity to almost trial facilities in your area as well. Because you're not committed to staying there permanently, and most often a respite stay is a minimum of two weeks, but they're often anywhere kind of two to six weeks-ish, can be longer for some people if needed, but you can go in and trial a facility for a couple of weeks, get a real feel for it, see if it's the environment that you're wanting to live in more permanently, and also if you're making that decision for one of your loved ones, for whatever reason they might be deemed unable to make that decision for themselves due to cognitive deficit or intellectual disability, there might be a reason why you're making that decision for them. But it can also give you an opportunity to see them in that environment and see how supported they are, how the staff interact with them, whether they enjoy the meals, how they get along with the other residents there. Respite can be a really fantastic way of trialing places without committing to it ongoing. So respite is a, a not permanent admission, I guess a bit more of a short-term stay versus a permanent bed is where you choose to move there, as it sounds, permanently. So it becomes your new home. That is then where you live. And for most people, you don't come home from there. That's often a decision that you make to move there and receive that care for that final stages of your life. So the first thing to access any of these services is that you need to be assessed by My Age Care. Now, I have done a whole episode on getting assessed by My Age Care. If you are already receiving Commonwealth Home Support Program services or CHISP, or if you're on a home care package, chances are they actually assessed you at the same time for respite and permanent beds as well. If you're not sure if you were given those approvals at the time, the best thing to do is call up My Age Care and they'll be able to tell you over the phone whether you were assessed for those and they'll be able to give you the code for your either respite or permanent care. If you weren't assessed at the time, you can request that over the phone as well and you would need to explain why that's something that you're wanting to access. But most of the time, it's fairly easy for them to give you approvals for that and to give you a code to use. They will also at that time either determine you as a low care or a high care bed 
And this is partly how I guess the different funding works in residential care, but also to give the prospective facilities an idea of what your care needs are and whether you're needing some low level support or whether you're needing some fairly integrated, complex, more high level of care. So once you've got your approvals or codes from My Age Care, the next most important thing is to find a bed. So there's a few different ways to do this, uh, and I find a lot of the really great tools are online. So if you're not feeling comfortable searching for that yourself, either finding a friend or family member that can help with that, or even someone through your local council or even library could probably assist you. But there are a number of good resources online that show beds available within your area. So one of my favorite ones to use, which is unfortunately specific to South Australia, but I will mention it anyway, is called the Catalyst Foundation. And on the Catalyst Foundation website, they update almost daily, but probably weekly, any available respite or permanent beds within South Australia. So it's a really quick reference point to know where the bed vacancies are if you're looking for something a little bit more pressing. So let's say you need respite in the next week or two, you would probably start somewhere like that to find what's available and trial them from there. There are also great websites like agecareonline.com.au and the agecareguide.com.au But really, even if you just Google aged care homes near me or residential facilities in my area, it should come up with a number of places near you that you can have a look. And if nothing else, you can give them a call and ask if they have any beds available. I guess the way that you approach this will be greatly determined on how urgently you need to access services. So one of the key points I really want to get through in this episode is as much as you can to avoid getting to that crisis point situation. So the more prepared and organized you are, the more knowledge you have about facilities in your area or preferences of where you'd like to go, the better situation you'll be in when the time does come that you need that additional support. So often with respite, it can be a a planned admission, which you can take a bit more time organizing, finding the right place. I would say in my job, more commonly, we're organizing fairly urgent respite where there has been um, either an incident or a hospital admission or a change in circumstance that requires fairly urgent respite, at which point you probably have less control over where to go and it will be more based around where beds are available. If you are, however, considering permanent beds for somewhere to move ongoing, I would suggest one of the best things to do is to arrange tours. So when you do have time on your side and you're not making any rash decisions, it really gives you an ability to go out and get a proper feel for the places that you're considering moving to. So most places are open to running tours. Obviously, that can vary a little um, during COVID as people there are often restrictions on how many people can come through facilities and whether they offer things like the optional tours. However, a lot of places do even have virtual tours available or can at least step you through some of those things over the phone or online anyway. So I would encourage you to book a tour. 
it enables you to get a really good feel for the place just by being able to walk around, see how the staff are engaging with the residents, having a look at what the food is that's being served, getting a feel for the rooms and where you might be in relation to the rest of the facility. It allows you to really feel the place and get an idea of whether that's the kind of environment you want to be living in. Now, as I touched on in another episode, there are so many different facilities out there and some are better than others. There are some that are not as homely and welcoming, but there are a number of amazing facilities out there too. So I really encourage you, if you go out to one and it's not right, please don't give up on facilities in general. Try out a number of them to get a real feel for what's going to be most suitable for you ongoing. And then as I touched on before, if you are considering somewhere but you don't want to make the permanent decision to move there, potentially book in for respite. You can always give it a trial, book in for a few weeks, see if you like the feel of it, see what it's like to live there short term, and that might help make your decision about an ongoing move there, whether that's going to be suitable for you or not. I should also say here, for a number of people, considering moving to residential aged care is not something they even want to work through. And they might accept that when the time comes, that's something that they'll need to do. But until that point in time, they actually don't want to explore it or they don't want to look at what's around or what's available. It doesn't mean that for everyone, you have to go out and do tours and you have to trial respite facilities. I just know for a lot of the clients that I've worked with, it can be a helpful way of normalizing that kind of care and really getting a feel for what's best suited to you. Because when you are making a decision under pressure or when there is a time component of having to find a place, it often means you can't always get your first preference, that you are a little bit more bound to what's available at the time and being open and willing to accept wherever they can fit you. So they're my main tips for finding a respite or permanent care bed. So checking with my aged care about your approvals and making sure you've got those codes for respite or permanent care. Having a look online for where the beds are available and potential facilities that you might be interested in staying in. Booking tours and getting a feel for the place by going around in person if you can, COVID permitting. And also potentially booking in for respite to get a real feel for what it's like being in there for you or for your loved one so that you can see whether that environment's going to be right for them ongoing. So they're the main points from today's episode. As always, I love hearing your feedback from previous episodes. I've had a number of people contact me about the discussions they've had with their family members about some of the highlights, the challenges throughout their week, and some of the ordinary moments in their life that bring them joy. And honestly, hearing the stories of people sharing those questions and engaging and connecting with each other just fills my heart with joy. It honestly makes me so happy to picture people having those conversations and connecting with each other. So thank you so much for letting me know how you're engaging with the podcast. I really appreciate anyone listening and I want to thank you all for being here. So I will talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye.